My name is Sarah Vioso. In May of 2020, I was diagnosed with glioblastoma, the most aggressive type of brain cancer known. This is my spiritual journey of completely surrendering to God's will while healing my soul through His grace. Welcome to Surviving Fear. Episode 7, Fear Lies. So, um, I wanted to talk about the whole process of radiation. And I mentioned it before when I was talking about treatment in the last episode. And what I'm trying to do with this podcast is reach first, reach all of you, reach any of you in any state with any struggle. Um, and then if I can add any light to anyone that's specifically battling cancer, that's a bonus. And a double bonus is to add any light with my experience specifically with glioblastoma. And then my ultimate goal is to help bring people to Christ because all of this makes no sense other than there's a purpose behind it. And I've just been drawn so strongly to the purpose of sharing my story which at times is very uncomfortable and very personal and difficult to do. Um, But I believe that's what I've been called to do, that the reason I'm going through this is hopefully to learn and share what I've learned that you never give up hope, to never give up hope. Even if the outcome isn't what you want, Hope is still there because this earth, like I've said, it's just a stopover. It's the layover before we get to where we're supposed to be, which is heaven. God never intended us to, for earth to be our final, our final place, the final place our soul stops. Our soul is eternal and it's meant to go to heaven with him. But he gives us that choice, that choice of choosing what we think is important or living your life for God in doing what he knows is important. And he has told us what's important. Um, anyway, so back to clinical stuff for a short period of time. Um, just wanted to give you the idea of what the process is like, you know, I had no idea what radiation was. All I knew is it was something bad that you needed to avoid because we live close to, um, a nuclear power plant that is currently being disassembled and they're always checking the radiation levels. And I remembered when there was that um, terrible tsunami that hit Japan and um, it actually knocked out the nuclear reactors and there was horrible radiation leaks and there were actually um, people that were volunteering knowing that they were going to have a terrible um, outcome but they volunteered to help clean up the area where the nuclear reaction shut down because the radiation was off the charts and they were putting themselves at risk for the greater good. And many of those passed away due to cancers and whatnot that they were because of the radiation exposure. Um, so my only experience with radiation, and by the way, those people are treated like heroes and they are heroes because they put the greater good of everyone else in front of their own needs, which is pretty amazing. But, um, so all I've heard about radiation is it's bad. 
Well, now they're telling me, oh, no, it's fine right now because we're going to use it to um, finish healing the um, cancer that currently exists in your brain. Notice I said healing, not fight. There's a big difference there. Remember, when you fight something, it fights back. If you heal from it, you choose to peacefully coexist until one or the other is not needed. And I am not still, I'm still peacefully coexisting and um, hope that one day that I'm not going to, we're just going to drift apart peacefully. Anyway, um, think of it like a good breakup. But um, so part of my treatment was going to be six weeks of radiation where I do radiation five days a week. It was going to, for six weeks, it was going to be a total of 30 sessions. And I didn't know what to expect. Um, and, you know, the process of it when they explain it to you is a little freaky. The process is we're going to take you, we're going to make this mask that's going to be specifically for your face and it's, we're going to use that mask to lock your head onto a table while we shoot radiation at the area where the tumor was. Okay, I don't know how many of you are claustrophobic, but I am. I do not like small confined spaces at all. Like panic attack. I mean, I tried to do a triathlon years ago. And um, it was a sprint. So a sprint triathlon is a half-mile swim, a 12-mile bike ride, and then a 5K, which is 3.1 miles. And um, we started at night, or we started early in the morning, so it was still dark out, and we swam in the back bay of San Diego. Got in the water, and I trained. I was overtrained for it, but I trained in a swimming pool. The beautiful things about swimming pool, they are chlorinated in clear, pretty water. So when you wear goggles, not only can you see down, and then when you turn and kick your head out of the water, you see up. So it's amazing. I could see where I was going and I wasn't worried about anything underneath me because I was in a, in a swimming pool. Well, in this triathlon, I, uh, we swam in the back bay of San Diego. And if you're in that water, it is not clear. It is not chlorinated. It is ocean water. Um, and it may not be the cleanest water on the planet. So it's dark out. We start swimming our half mile and um, my goggles fog, and it's dark. So now not only can I not see when I look down because it's murky water, I cannot see when I turn my head up because my goggles are fogged. Um, claustrophobia is not my fan. I am not a fan at all. So um, I had a panic attack in the water. It was the first time I ever had a panic attack. I did finish um, my swim, doggy paddled the rest of the way with my head out of water, didn't even care. Um, I was going to finish it. I ended up biking and running. The fa- I probably ran the fastest 5K I ever ran because I'd never been so happy to see my running shoes after that swim. But that, it was just, I felt claustrophobic. So I had to swim with my head out of the water. So I was a little anxious let's be honest, I was freaking out about the prospect of them putting a mask on my face that locks to a table so I can't move. Um, It actually ended up being one of my favorite parts of radiation because it was the way they form it is they heat this net and it's almost like a foam net and they heat it and they actually, it's 
it expands and spreads over your face while it's warm, it's pliable, and then they let and they shape it to your face. They let it cool. And when it cools, it's exactly what it needs. But it's a net. It's all it's like it's like a fishnet, but um much wider holes. So they actually like I thought it was like, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. No, they poke nose holes, there's eye holes, there's a mouth hole. So it's all or actually there's not a mouth hole. It's actually exactly what you need to be, and it's not claustrophobic at all. And I will tell you, because at the end of radiation, um they they asked me, you know, do you want to keep your mask? I said, absolutely. It is fluorescent green. It was the coolest Halloween decoration I had at my house. I put a strobe light underneath it. So at night it glowed. I mean, it was awesome. Um, so there you go. Again, try to find the humor in the situation. And to me, that was humorous because it was the coolest mask ever. And, um, Anyway, so what they do is when you walk into radiation, um, I was lucky because mine was just my head, where if you have like breast cancer or cancer anywhere from the neck down, um, you have to put a hospital gown on. And then um, they also have more of a chance of having burns on your skin and blisters on your skin from the radiation where, thank God for my dark, oily Italian hair because that protected my head. I didn't have any blistering. Now I did lose my hair in on the left side of my head. And then, um, cause that's where the main concentration of the radiation was. And it actually passes through the brain. So I also lost hair on the right side of my head. Um, and that's a whole other story and a whole other thing we will cover about hair loss. Um, because you're more than just hair. Um, but anyway, so that whole process was so, I had to trust a lot because I needed to trust the people that I needed to trust the radiation doctor or the radiologist that had to map where the original tumor was to be able to find the perfect spot to aim the radiation. I had to trust the people that made my mask that did the markings on it so they would know exactly where to aim the radiation. There was a lot of trusting I had to do, but I will tell you, along with in my CT scan or with my MRIs, even though I was only in there for seven minutes, it is amazing how clear and easy prayer was in that time frame. And it's funky, like it's not it's not painful, but it's funky. Like it almost feels tingly when the radiation's happening and, um, but it's healing. Like, and I would just literally picture, cause there was a green light that I always saw. There was always a green light on me. And I just picture that as the Holy spirit lighting up the places of cancer in my head. So Christ knew where to heal and visualization is to me is a very important part of healing and a journey with struggle is visualizing what you need or what you want to have happen and what your prayer is like visualizing that visualizing that prayer. And for me, the visualization I would do is while I was in radiation, I would have Christ standing at my head. Like I'd be laying on my back and Christ standing at my head over me with his hands on the side of each, on each side of my head. And then I would, as I would breathe in, I would picture like the core of my body lighting up gold with the Holy Spirit 
And as I exhaled, I'd always say, exhale fear, exhale anxiety, exhale negativity. Every time I exhaled, inhale was like, fill me with the light of Christ. Holy Spirit, fill me with the light of Christ. Every time I exhaled, it was get rid of fear. The next time would be get rid of anxiety. So you kind of get, but that was my, that was my method. And I just did that on my own, but I still do that. I still do that when I meditate. I still do that. Inhale the light of Christ, exhale negativity. And um, that visualization of my brain and like literally, because like I said, glioblastoma is these microscopic fingers that go through your brain that, that, that golden light of the Holy Spirit lights up those strands of cancer that may or may not still exist in my brain that gives Christ, so Christ knows where to heal. And then I also picture Mary standing next to him, and I picture my, what I like to call my um, heavenly cheering section, my eternal cheering section, which are people in my life that have already passed, that have already crossed over and transitioned to heaven, that are up there cheering me on, you know, cheering me on to, you know, stay strong and, you know, get to the finish line at some, you know, get to the finish line when it's my turn. I will say wholeheartedly, I don't believe it's my turn yet. Despite my diagnosis, despite the numbers, despite everything, I don't believe it's my turn yet. I believe I there's still work for me to do here. And I'm going to keep believing that. And I'm going to keep doing the work that um, I believe God has given me to do. We all have a greater purpose. You have a purpose in this life. And it is your job to seek that purpose and to realize that purpose and to execute that purpose with a joyful, loving heart while you reflect the light of God. If you're doing his purpose, I will tell you, you reflect. Like to me, there's no greater gift to see or to witness than someone doing exactly what God intended for them to do on this planet. I see it in teachers all the time. There are teachers that my student, my kids have had that watching them teach is effortless. They make it look effortless. And it you can just tell they are doing exactly what God intended them to do on this earth. People that are doing a job that you may look at and be like, oh, really? You like that job? But they have a smile on their face and they're singing and they're enjoying what they're doing. They're just living life and doing what they've been put on earth to do. Anyway, um, so the thing about radiation that I wanted to cover is that, you know, radiation was, I didn't know what to expect. So it was kind of a scary thing before I got into it. Like it was full of fear. It was. And then you add to the fact that, you know, the doctor told me, we have no idea if this is going to work. This is our standard of care. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It's part of the joy of glioblastoma. But there was no guarantee this was going to work. There was no guarantee the chemo was going to work. I was doing it at the same time. So it was like a one-two punch. First, I'm going to knock you down with radiation, and then I'm going to come back and hit you with chemo at night. I mean, it was not an easy time. There are some people that don't aren't able to finish because it knocks them down so low. That's why I'm so grateful for going into this, you know, in decent shape. And my body was healthy because it had to take a lot of punishment. And, but that fear can easily be 
paralyzing. But one thing you have to remember about fear is fear does not come from God. Fear does not come from heaven. It does not come from God. Fear is a liar. It's I love that song. It's by Zach Williams. It's called Fear is a Liar. And but fear is a liar. It's gonna fear tells you that you aren't worthy. It tells you aren't good enough. It tells you that what you want will never happen. It lies to you. The thing about fear is it can encompass your life easily. Even when you didn't don't intend it, I have found fear creeping in in some of the most joyous moments that I've had. And then all of a sudden I start looking towards the future. Well, what if this happens? It'll it'll come out of nowhere. And you have to be careful of that. I physically, you know, sometimes I'll be sitting there and refer to myself you know, I'll be in a good place and I'll be like, but that for some reason, there's this voice that comes in my head and it's like, but you're a ticking time bomb. That cancer's not curable that you have. It can come back at any time. Like these are things that almost feel like it's a whisper in my ear of like, oh, things are good now, but you know, you've been diagnosed with an uncurable cancer. And that's what it's whispering to me. Do you hear those whispers? It's in a different form for you. It may come when you least expect it. You think you're so happy and things are going great. And then when you least expect expect it, it's that little whisper of doubt that comes in. And I have finally gotten to the point where I've gotten a habit of whenever that comes in, I will say, Satan, you're not welcome here right now. You're not welcome here ever. There was a point in the very beginning of this journey that I, uh, my kids weren't home. It was just Paul and I in the house. And, you know, we are overwhelmed with decisions and figuring things out and what doctors are we going to pick and all that. And I just literally felt like I was getting physically beat up by Satan's minions. Like I couldn't do it anymore. And I was just ready to like throw the towel in. And I stood at the top of my steps and I have to picture our steps. Um, my front room is to open both stories. So it's a, it's like got a, a vaulted ceiling. So you can see all the way up the two stories in my front room and my staircase is exposed. And I was standing at the top of that staircase and I just couldn't take anymore. And I screamed at the top of my lungs. Literally. I said, Satan, you are not welcome in my life. I screamed it. My husband came around the corner and looked at me and he goes, well, it's nice to hear you say that. Like I was bottling it all up and I was just taking those punches silently and just taking it right and left. The fear, the doubt, the worry, the pain that you're not good enough. You'll never survive this. Like all those awful things that were going on in my head. And I physically screamed, Satan, You are not welcome in my life. It was so therapeutic to say that. And I still say it. I find myself saying it every day. Whenever I feel feel that doubt and uncertainty coming in, I'm like, nope, you're not welcome here. And I stop him before it has to get to the point where I'm screaming. And it helps. It helps. 
So just remember, as you go through whatever struggle or journey or whatever you have going on in your life, the only consistent truth comes from God. Satan will tell you anything you need to, he needs to tell you to make you feel bad about yourself. And trust me, I have felt bad about myself. I've made some horrible decisions in my life. But consistently, God tells us, you come to me and ask for, for sincere forgiveness, and you are forgiven. You are forgiven. That's it. No, you are forgiven, but you owe me this. It's you are forgiven. Because the price of our sins are paid for by Christ on the cross. So thank you all for listening again. I am Sarah Vioso, and I will see you at the next episode of Surviving Fear. Surviving Fear is made possible by the efforts of our executive producer, J.T. Henderson, writer and director, Sarah Vioso, producer and editor, Kristen Walker, artistic creator, Laura Ritchie, graphic editor, Linda Lee, and musical artist and composer, Adam Vioso.